Hello. Welcome to Be Your Best Self-Health Chats, weekly casual conversations about taking health into your own hands. I am your host, Kristen Longacre. Episode 57, welcome back. And this week we're going to talk about a topic that I get really, really excited about and I really love talking about, especially with my clients, and that is answering the question, I don't know what to make when it comes to cooking something in the kitchen. Now, this is an important question to answer for somebody who's making adjustments to their eating habits or they're working on changing their nutrition habits. A lot of times we're going from eating lunch out every day or eating dinner out three or four times a week to having to cook more in the kitchen. And that's the reality of eating a healthier meal is cooking it at home. So you know what goes into it and you know what ingredients are going to help your body, what ingredients are going to hurt your body, and you're not blinded by just a short list of food ingredients on a menu. Now, answering the question, I don't know what to make, is something that can be difficult, especially if you don't have a lot of experience with cooking at home in the kitchen. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. It doesn't have to be complicated, and that's one of the things that happens that I see so often is we overcomplicate eating healthy. People look up these recipes on Pinterest and there's 20 steps to it. And they're like, I can't do that. That takes too long. I don't have time. I need to eat healthy, but I don't have time to spend two hours in the kitchen every night. Hey guys, it's Kristen. I'm going to interrupt my own episode for just one minute here because there's something that I need to tell you about. You see, making adjustments to the food on your plate can be overwhelming. The internet is a wealth of knowledge, often contradicting itself. Instead of relying on what Susie Q1234 tells you to eat, it's time to learn what's healthy for your body and build long-term healthy habits. That's where Jumpstart to Eating Healthy comes in. Instead of getting overwhelmed with where to start adjusting your eating habits, Jumpstart to Eating Healthy is here to give you a direction to get started. Together, we're going to make a meal plan that takes your family and your dietary needs into consideration. As you implement the meal plan, I'll continue to support you for two additional weeks to help answer any questions, brainstorm ideas, and deal with unexpected situations. I currently have openings for Jumpstart to Eating Healthy, and you are the next person that I want to see in it. Visit kristenlongacre.com jumpstart or click the link in the show notes to sign up. Trust me, I get it. I've been there. I've seen the recipes. I've read the recipes. I've done the full weekend of meal prep where I give up all of the time with my family to cook all of our food for the week only to have everybody turn around and say it tastes disgusting. Trust me, I've been there. When it comes to eating healthier, comes to cooking meals at home, I like to believe that we don't need to overcomplicate it. We can keep it simple. And we do that by having our list of eight to 10 go-to meals. Now, what's a go-to meal? We need to answer that question first. A go-to meal is a meal that, number one, fits everybody's dietary needs, or at least can be modified to fit everybody's dietary needs in your household, so you're not cooking one different meal for every single person. It needs to be one that no one's going to argue about. I know, this list is going to just suddenly seem really complicated. Trust me, you'll understand in a few minutes. It needs to be something that nobody, that everybody's going to argue about. Everybody's going to be happy with it. No one's going to complain and say, that looks disgusting. People will be happy with it. It's one that you don't get sick of or you can make adjustments to, so you're not going to get sick of it, which I'll explain that line in a few minutes when we talk about how to make your list. And then it's one that shouldn't take a lot of thought. 
So you should be able to have your list of go-to meals or you have your list of eight to 10 go-to meals around you so that all of the sudden when you need to come up with dinner for the week or you haven't planned dinner for the week, you can grab the ingredients out of your pantry and throw it together pretty quickly. And the most important part of your go-to meals is that you actually know how to cook it. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, you've cooked it before. You know how it's going to come out. You know how it should look and how it's going to taste. It's not one of those that you're just crossing your fingers and hoping for the best on the other side, because that's just going to start arguments. It might not fit your dietary needs and people might refuse to eat it and tell you it's disgusting. I speak from experience. Make sure you know how to cook this meal. So let's make our list together or come join me to make your list. For starters with your list, ask your family, what's your kids like to eat? What does your husband or your wife like to eat? What do you know that everybody in the house is going to eat without question? And chances are you're going to get answers if your kids are like mine. That is like pizza, chicken nuggets, stuff like that, peanut butter and jellies. Take them with a grain of salt. What meals do you know that you have cooked in the past that everybody has enjoyed? Look back at what you've eaten the last few weeks and how it went. Did you cook it? Was it something that everybody liked? Was there arguments? Was there something you should change about it? Look through old cookbooks or recipes you've printed out in the past. How did those go? I know I have a stack of papers in my cabinet with all my cookbooks of all these old recipes that I've made maybe once and maybe they were keepers if I saved the recipe, but we've never made them again. Look through those and see what ones went over well. Put them all together in an easy to find spot so that when it's time to cook, you know exactly where the recipe is and no one's gonna argue with you about whether you've made it before or not. What if you don't have a go-to meal? What if you are going into this completely blind having never cooked before? Or at least everything you've cooked has come straight from a prepackaged meal. Let's talk about that for a second. My number one piece of advice is ask your friends and family what meals they like. Some of my favorite recipes that we cook came from other friends where we've swapped recipes or a friend will call me and say, we made this last night, you have got to try it. My favorite pesto recipe is that exact thing. Came from a friend, she said it's the best and I make it every summer with all the fresh basil from our garden. Definitely get on Pinterest and TikTok, but take them with a grain of salt. I know a lot of the TikTok trending recipes aren't necessarily the healthiest or they are promoting some form of diet trend. So watch out for that. When it comes to Pinterest, just read the steps before you print it out and declare that's what you're eating for the week. Make sure you, one, know how to do them all. I say that nicely, not in a negative way. And two, that they can actually be done in a timely manner. Sometimes those recipes will come across as this is an easy to make recipe and it will only take three hours of your night. Just read the directions first. Make sure it's good. Or go check out some cookbooks at your library. Flip through them and see what else is there, what you might like. Now, you can order books on Amazon. I have a handful that I truly love, but there is a risk with buying them on Amazon is that you spend $20 on a cookbook and you don't wind up making any of the recipes. Again, you're supporting a... You're supporting an author, you're supporting a chef, but it's 
more beneficial when you actually know what you're getting into. So I suggest checking out the library first and seeing if there's any cookbooks there that you are falling in love with and then ordering the actual book online. Once you know that you're gonna use the book regularly and make the recipes from it. Again, this is another instance where you can ask a friend or somebody you trust to help you find some of these recipes. I know many, many, many of my cookbook recommendations have come from accounts on, the, on social media that I follow, that I love. My cousin has sent me some in the past. There's just so many great options for cookbooks it's very easy to build a collection and never use them. So if you're still struggling and you're like, I truly have no idea what to make, I'm gonna go ahead and share our list of go-to meals in this house with you. Maybe it'll spur some ideas. Maybe you'll think I'm crazy. Maybe you can just steal the same exact list and roll with it and see what happens. Either way, hopefully it helps. Number one on our list is tacos. We make tacos in some form once a week. And I make homemade taco seasoning. I don't buy the prepackaged stuff. It takes two minutes to make three or four weeks worth of taco seasoning. It's much better for you, a lot less salt, and it's delicious. We will also translate it into quesadillas or nachos or burrito bowls, something like that. So it's not necessarily tacos and taco shells every single week. It can be if people want it, but most likely it gets translated into something else. Chicken and a veggie. This is a staple in our household and I just did this for lunch today. It's just cooking up chicken breast with your favorite seasoning and throwing a steamer bag of veggies in the, in the microwave. Not the fridge, the microwave. And enjoying it. Then there's burgers or burger bowls. This is also a staple in my household, especially lately I'm obsessed with burger bowls. But it's simply just grilling hamburgers or grilling. In the summer, we grill bratwurst. In the winter, it's more like frying up hamburgers on the stove. So they kind of sit in more grease. Maybe not as healthy, but still, same idea. A lot of times I do it with turkey meat because it's much easier on my stomach. No one complains. Then there's spaghetti or and butter noodles. My kids don't like red sauce, so they eat butter noodles on the nights we eat spaghetti. Guess what was for dinner tonight? I made homemade spaghetti sauce this afternoon. It cooks while I work and then it's ready to go at five o'clock. You can easily substitute out a store-bought spaghetti sauce. We just prefer it with fresh tomatoes. Along those lines, but not necessarily the exact same recipe, is meatballs. I will bake meatballs once every couple weeks and we'll eat them for a couple days. They're super good. You can dip them in whatever sauce you like, pair them with a vegetable. Easy go-to meal for us. Homemade chicken nugs is another one that I truly love. My kids actually will eat them as much as they complain sometimes, but that is one that we make at least once every two weeks, and I make them in the air fryer so they have that nice crisp to them. Then there is everybody's favorite, breakfast for dinner. We love breakfast for dinner around here, and I would say we do that at least once a week. And that is something along the lines of French toast, egg sandwiches, eggs, pancakes, waffles. We change it up every week and it depends on what everybody's in the mood for or how much time we have or what ingredients we have. But breakfast for dinner is a regular around here. And then number eight on my list is some kind of super chili. And this isn't something I've been doing a ton lately. But this fall, I was addicted to having some form of chicken noodle soup made every single week for lunch 
or I would eat it for dinner a lot of the times. My kids would eat the noodles and the chicken. They'd pick out the vegetables. Just an easy go-to. We love chili, and if the boys, the boys typically won't eat chili, so we will swap them their meal out for something like a peanut butter and jelly or something. Those are the nights where they get something different, but we can enjoy chili as well. So coming up with your go-to meals doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be something overly complicated. None of those meals I mentioned take me more than 20 to 25 minutes to make. Yes, the spaghetti sauce takes like five hours to cook, but it literally takes me three minutes of work to put it all in a pan. <laughs> Same with the chili. So think of the meals that are easy to make. Think of the meals that your family loves. Think of the meals that are not going to cause any arguments. Come up with your go-to meals. And a lot of the times I keep stuff on hand for these so that that way if I don't have a plan for dinner or I'm out of ideas or we have a busy night ahead, I can throw it together quick and we aren't stopping through a fast food place on the way to sports or whatever's going on. And if you need help with your list, I'm always here. And I currently have an offer available to you called Jumpstart to Eating Healthy. In Jumpstart to Eating Healthy, this is exactly what we do. We make your go-to meals. We come up with a list that you know you like, that your family's gonna like, and we figure out what's healthy for your body. So we make sure this list meets all of your dietary needs. It's $99 and you get two weeks of coaching to go along with it. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. I shared my list of go-to meals with you and I would love to hear what your go-to meals are too. So feel free to shoot me a message and tell me or bounce some ideas off of me. That's what I'm here for. Have an awesome week. We'll see you back next week. Thanks for hanging out this week on the podcast. As always, it's great to have you here. And if you have a chance to visit iTunes or Spotify to rate and review, I would greatly appreciate it. The more reviews you give, the more people that can find this podcast. Send it to a friend. Come check back in next week. Have a great week, everybody.